Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro as the Eagles hit the field at the Novacare Complex, part of a modified off-season program. Now, before we get into the podcast, let's just briefly touch on that, because it is important to note that the Eagles are two weeks away from being finished their off-season program. Had a lot of conversations with Nick Sirianni and the team's leadership council discussing how the Eagles could get to the Novacare Complex in person. Prior to now, it's been all virtual. And Eagles trying to teach the X's and O's here to the players. So to get everybody at the Novacare Complex is big. They'll be on the field for the next two weeks here, and they'll work on technique and fundamentals and no 11 on 11, no pads, no contact, nothing like that. Uh, It's going to be different, and the Eagles will then break after that. There'll be no mandatory minicamp. So when the Eagles are finished, oh, right around June 4th, they will break and report report back to Novacare not until late July when training camp begins. So it's a different kind of offseason for everyone. We all know that. Eagles no different than any of the other 31 teams in the NFL. What's interesting, though, about this is how the Eagles are with a new coaching staff coming in and trying to get it all on the same page. So in the podcast today, we're going to talk to two players who've been here with the offense, Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders. But first, we want to talk a little bit about the defense. Now, the defense has been busy in the offseason. The Eagles have added some key players. Ryan Kerrigan, one of those key players the Eagles have added So uh, this week he comes in, he'll meet the media next week. We'll look forward to talking with him. But the Eagles also added Anthony Harris, a safety who played under defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon in Minnesota. And then they also added Eric Wilson, who really blossomed last year in Minnesota. And he'll come in and help teach the defense to the rest of the players. The Eagles also adding this week to the defense cornerback, Josea Scott, who is a second-year player, 5'9", 185-pound cornerback, played at Michigan State, played for Jacksonville last year, six games, 11 tackles, one tackle for loss, the 137th overall pick in the draft. He played in 80 snaps for Jacksonville last year. The Eagles sending Jacksonville cornerback Jameson Houston and a 2023 sixth-round draft pick to acquire Scott. Eagles also adding Casey Tucker, who tried out for the team last week at the rookie minicamp. He comes back to Philadelphia, offensive tackle, looking to make the roster. And then the Eagles adding later in the week an interesting guy, a veteran of the NFL, who's coming off an Achilles tendon injury. So that is going to be interesting to watch. But LaRaven Clark is a big man, guard tackle, experience, played for the Colts, and uh, started 15 games in four seasons. So the Eagles are loading up on the offensive line. Let's begin the podcast with a visit from Mike Reese, former Eagles linebacker, midday host at WIP. And he's got a lot to say here. The Eagles under Jonathan Gannon, what kind of defense will the Eagles have? Mike Reese. All right. Jonathan Gannon's the new DC. Um, Very energetic guy. And I don't know what, do you have any sense at all of, uh, look, they bring in Kerrigan and Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris, um, strength on the edge, help at linebacker, help at safety, some holdovers. I mean, how do you put this defense together quickly? Um, 
That's a great question, Dave. And, and I'm not sure. I, I tell you what, I am intrigued by what they're doing. Um, the fact that they've tried to, add, or they've gone out and not tried to, they've actually done it. They've gone out and added uh, veteran presence uh, to the defense uh, lets me know that, you know, Jonathan Gannon obviously values experience, intelligence. Uh, it, it would tell me that um, he wants smart football players out there. There are guys in Eric Wilson and, and Anthony Harris that have played uh, under him and in, in his scheme. So uh, I'm certainly intrigued by it. I like it. I like all the all the defensive players they brought in. I mean, I've, these are guys that I their game is respected around the league. Um, and so I certainly uh, can appreciate that. And, and you add them to what we have on defense. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what we do have there. It, it certainly feels like we're going to get a um, a little bit more of a physical defense. I've all, when, I, when I look at Ryan Kerrigan, I think about a physical guy, a big guy, a guy who plays physical. Uh, Eric Wilson, watching him on film, a guy who flies around to the football. We know about Anthony Harris. He's a ball hawk. Um, you add that with guys like Fletcher and Brandon and Big Play Slay, um, man. I'm, I'm as a as a, a as a defensive guy. I, I'm at least intrigued by it. And I'm excited by it. Ike, when Jonathan met the media, he talked about trying to figure out what the players can do, and then fitting what they can do into the scheme. Let's take a listen to what Jonathan said. Yeah. So uh, my first guy that I worked for in the NFL when I was defensive quality control in Atlanta was Mike Zimmer, was a coordinator in Atlanta, and then kind of went our separate way and then got back with him in Minnesota. So off the top of my head, Coach Zimmer was a huge influence on, on me, and he was a DB guy to start by trade. Um, so that was pretty cool. Obviously in Indy, um, a complete different system under Matt Eberflus, and I feel like he really helped me fill in some gaps as far as like what do you, what you guys ask like what do you want your defense to look like and when you turn on the tape like what do you want to see what do what does the owner want to see what does the head coach want to see a la the hits principle and learned a different different style to play from different from coach Zimmer um, you know Emmett Thomas I was under him for a year Jerry Gray I was under for multiple years two guys that have played secondary at a very high level in the NFL and that was eye-opening to me to say hey like yeah I believe in this technique for corners but it's not one size fits all so every player that you have is different and it's our job to say hey this is what works for you you can do that I'm not, you know, we're not, our staff is, that's what I love about our staff. We're not hard-headed. It's my way or the highway. That is not what this is about. It's about serving the players and getting them to hit their ceiling. Why? Because it's the best thing for the team and the defense, point blank. So we're going to do every, we, we take that mentality with everything that we do. So if we're going to walk up and press, well, this guy might not do the same thing that another guy does. Or if we're going to play off, well, this guy might play a little bit different than this other guy. So I think it's all about arming our players, seeing what they do, arming with them tools to put in their toolbox to be successful. With, with what Coach Zim did was that was his way to uh, put pressure on the offense, some of those looks that you just said. And he had a whole package off of it. But that package was based on the players that we had at the time. So 
Are we going to do some of that? Yeah, probably. We'll probably do some of that if if it fits to our what our players can do and what is good versus the team that we're playing. Um, you know, he has Coach Zimmer has a very specific vision of how he wants to play defense, and I agree with a lot of that vision. Not to say that I'm, we're going to be exactly what Mike Zimmer was, because I feel like there's a lot of other good things that I've learned throughout the years that complement actually what Zim's does. So um, that would that would be my answer to that. Just you know, that's probably part of our package, but we're not going to box ourselves into one scheme. So, like, I mean, look, it, it, the Eagles clearly don't have a full grasp of what each player can do. And I guess that's how defenses are built, right? Like you build around what your guys can do rather than coming in and being hard and fast about your scheme and putting square pieces into round holes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, um, and, that's, and that's where the having football players that are intelligent, high IQ football players, guys that understands concepts of defenses, they have the ability – to, to be moved around and, and adjust. Because here's the thing, when he's talking about doing that, if you look at it from a practical standpoint, is that would be difficult to fit a defense around 11 different styles of play, right? Like everybody is different. So, you know, the, the great thing is there, there probably is a framework of a concept that he uses or scheme, I should say. But what the thing that, that I'm encouraged by and what I like that I heard is it really boils down to those guys that have the above average talent. He's going to allow them to be themselves. He's going to put them in positions to be able to excel and play to the best of their abilities. Now he has to find a way to, to, to get a, an entire defense to come together as one and doing that. But what, what I took from that is, uh, a guy like Big Play Slay or a guy like Fletcher Cox, you know, uh, you know, and Eric Wilson, a Anthony Harris, these guys that have played at high levels, he's going to allow them to play within his defense to the best of their abilities, and that's what players want. I mean, that, that's what Jim Johnson did with Brian Dawkins. He saw what Brian Dawkins was as an athlete, and he said, man, let's build stuff into the defense that – Taylors to Brian Dawkins' skill set. Jeremiah Trotter. Uh, I've never had a 260-pound middle linebacker before, so let's build a defense within my scheme and my concept that highlights what he does best. And so we can do that. Hugh Douglas, let's do this with him. So I've I, I seen that under Jim Johnson, he had a framework in his, of, of his concept and the scheme that he wanted to run, but at the same time, those players that are quote-unquote special players, he's going to make sure he puts them in a position to highlight what they do best. And that's what good defensive coordinators do. He also talks about having that little hits principle. You know, he wants you to <laughs> yeah. hustle. He wants you to have intelligence. He wants you to play tough. Yeah. He wants you to take the football <laughs> away. Uh, can, you, can you teach takeaways? Yeah, I think you can. I, I think you can, Dave. And uh, it's, it's something that, as, as a coordinator, you have to harp on. Um, I always like to use Baltimore as, as an example, right? You, you watch the way the Baltimore Ravens play defense, and you know that the takeaways, the punch-out fumbles, those things don't happen by accident. This is something that is built within their culture. 
of playing defense and they harp on it every day. That again, that's the same thing that Jim Johnson used to talk about. And it's not as if every defensive coordinator doesn't understand the uh, value and the importance of taking the football away. But there are some defensive coordinators that are going to stress coverage, not giving up big plays. You know, let's stop the run. You, when, when you talk about taking the football away, it has to be something that's a mindset on every down. You have to instill in defensive players that that football is ours just like it's the offenses. And when, when, when you hear that, uh, you know that's something that, that, that changes football games. So I got excited hearing that yesterday, too. It was the first time I got, I mean, it's the first time I got a chance to hear uh, the defensive coordinator speak. And so, it, it, it was it was uh, exciting hearing some of his principles and, and some of his uh, philosophies when it, when it comes to playing defense. And, and now I guess we'll find out in training camp and the preseason at least get a taste of it. Last one, I you know because because of that we're, we're looking ahead already. The off season is modified, uh, totally different from when you played. Can you put into context what it would be like now and a the stress you know the, the toll on your body the all of that, and then also trying to learn a new defense without a, a lot of on-field stuff. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the one thing for me that, that I can't necessarily sort of uh, grasp or, or get on board with. I, I, I was a guy, I, gotta, I have to be on the field learning the stuff, running the stuff, uh, making the mistakes, learning from the mistakes, being in the classroom, the extra film time, film time in the spring when you don't have the uh, pressure of having to uh, make plays on the football field that week during the game. That allowed you the time to make those mistakes. And I think for me, especially as a young player early in my career, it was so beneficial to me. And so it's it's a balance. It's a tough balance that the NFLPA has to do uh, when you're talking about veterans and with young players who need that on-the-field time, that in-the-classroom time, um, I, I certainly don't don't believe that this would have been beneficial to me early in my career. As a young younger player early in my career, uh, I certainly benefited from being there and getting the opportunity to get some of those practice reps in. And here's the other thing. Uh, that's also during the time where the coaches typically will give younger players more of the reps. Like the veteran players will get maybe 35, 40% of the reps, but then the younger players are getting a chance to run 60% of the reps. So uh, that also is more beneficial because you get a chance to watch how it's done correctly. And then you also get a chance to go out there and make the mistakes and learn from them. So um, I certainly needed this time uh, early in my career. Now you talk about seven, eight, nine years in, yeah, I was in the same defense. I understood a lot of the stuff, so maybe it wasn't as important and preserving the body was more important. But early in my career, I certainly needed to be on the field because, <laughs> man, if you're not on scholarship, so, yeah, you can be cut. So, yeah, I, I needed to get as much on the field learning as I could. Love it. Well, we'll find out in late July through August what this defense is all about. I agree. Thanks so much. Hey, Spuds. Thanks for having me, brother. Ike Reese is always delivering, and the defense, we'll see. More pressure, more takeaways. Sounds good to me. Let's focus now on the offense for the remainder of this podcast. First up, Lane Johnson. Cleared to play football. That's a good thing. How does he feel about the Eagles' offensive line prospects? 
for the season ahead. Here we are, exclusively one-on-one with Lane Johnson. The Eagles are on the football field at the NovaCare Complex here in the spring. It's a modified spring program, and I'm guessing that nobody is happier to be out there than Lane Johnson. Okay, he's joining me here, Dave Spadaro. Lane, we've got the same hairstyle going. Um, Lane, you have to be happy, right? You're back on the field. It's football. Sometimes when you miss, you know, when you're gone, you don't know how much you miss things. Yeah, definitely missed it. Um, having to battle this injury uh, took a lot, but just I got cleared a couple weeks ago, so back out there running, uh, feeling normal, looking normal. So I'm just glad to be back playing football and, and doing what I love. So um, a lot of lot of lot of new faces around here, learning new offense, uh, new offenses schemes, and uh, trying to stack days. Um, so happy we got the, the the few weeks we did, so we can get that under our belt before training camp starts in, in late July. We will get into that in just a moment, but I'd like you to kind of put 2020 in perspective. Everything that happened in the world, everything that happened to you, um, did, are you coming out of this a better player and a better person, a changed person in any way? Yeah, I mean, it's really a humbling experience. I think, um, you know, playing through that, I feel like mentally, I mean, I'm pretty a lot tougher than what I was. So I feel like I still at times played at a really high level. I was just limited in some aspects, but uh, putting that behind me, um, you know, when I when I came in the league, I've seen guys like JP battle back from injury. I've seen Brandon Brooks uh, battle back from injury. So if there's examples out there, those two guys are it. Those guys, you know, when I watch them, uh, really there's there is no excuses, man. So I have a lot to prove this year. Um, I feel like that's kind of the motto for the team. I mean, last year was definitely not where we wanted to be. And Moving forward, we, um, we know we need to improve. But I mean, for you, Lane, because you have so much energy to not play football, to be in a quarantine situation. Yeah. I don't know. Did you take up any hobbies? Did you? What did you learn about yourself? Uh, I, I tried golfing. I'm getting a little bit better at golf. Wasn't? I mean, I'm still not great, but I've gotten a lot better. And uh, I guess you have a lot of time to yourself. Like you get, you get to where you're watching Netflix pretty good, watching Ozark and, and stuff like that. So the best series maybe on television today. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line and all the injuries last year. Um, all those young players got some reps. The Eagles go out and use the second round draft pick on a player that everybody thinks is going to be a great player, Landon Dickerson. I mean, when you look at the group as a total, do you see greatness? I see, uh, I do see that. I see, uh, you know, a lot of, we're getting where we have a lot of veteran leadership. Me, Kelsey, Brandon, Isaac's, you know, been in the league, was his sixth year, so. Um, I feel like we have a good blend of knowledge and, and now and wisdom, and now we're getting some, some young guys in there that are that are hungry. So I mean, you you really need all that with our group, and you know Stout and, and Roy they, they lead the way every day with how they coach and 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 their energy every day. So you know I'm excited about Landon, man. I know one thing; he's a big dude. He, he's a huge guy, and and he moves really well. Uh, like I said, I know he's they're holding him back in the rehab process, but from what I've seen, he's very explosive and, and is going to be a hell of a player. Lane, if there are people on the outside, critics, who would look at the offensive line and say, nah, the names are good, but they're a bunch of old guys, how would you, how would you respond to that? Would you be pissed off about that? Uh, yeah, it would get me fired up. Um, you know, I think when you look at it, you see we are in our 30s, so I guess that means you can't play anymore. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. So we got a lot to prove. So what is this offense all about? What, do you, what, what can you tell us about what might be different, how much things change? I mean. Do systems really change significantly? You've been through Chip, through Doug, now with Nick. Is it all different? I mean, football's football. I mean, you got your runs, you got your passes, you got your screens, you got your play action. Um, 
But I think, uh, you know, we're going to be heavy em emphasis on play action. We want to run the ball well and set the play action off of that and then mix it up with screens. Uh, I think we're a little bit more maybe heavy emphasis on screens maybe than we were in, in past offenses. But really, when you look at it, a lot, lot of the same stuff. How important is it for you, Lane, to be get back to the level of all pro, of being the best right tackle in the NFL? Yeah, that's my goal. I, uh, you know, I put a lot of expectations on myself I hear the I hear the criticism he's, he's old he's getting injured all times and hey that's it is what it is I, I've missed games so you know I'm ready to you know I feel like a bottled up rocket man I'm ready to uh, ready to put it all together and, and have a good season so you actually will pay attention and use that criticism in a positive motivating way yeah I always have uh, whatever negatives I've had in my career I've always used it to um, you know really push me and I feel like a lot of players do that. They may say they don't, but a lot of people hear the noise, and, and you can use it as a positive or negative, and I've always chose to use it as, as motivation. I know you're really good friends with Brandon Brooks. Uh, he's gone through a lot these last couple of years. How does he look to you? What's it like having him back next to you? And what do you see when you peek into the future here, September through the end of the season, with you guys on the right side? He's, he's looking fantastic. I mean, he's, he's in incredible shape. And I feel like, you know, he's in a similar position to me. Uh, you know, he's heard a lot of criticism, the age, the injuries. Um, so uh, when you press a, a bear like that too much, you're going you're gonna to get a reaction. So I know he's eager to get out there and, and show them that, you know, what he can do and then play at the, the highest level that he can play. And when he's doing that, you know, I don't see anybody being better than him. So uh, moving forward, I feel like we're, 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 you know, same energy, same same desire and, and, and really – Harness it all up, man, and get ready to uh, to put it to good use. Lane, you're a player with such emotion. Last year, there were no fans, for the most part, in the stands. We expect, hopefully, fingers crossed, yes. full capacity. So what does that mean to you, and how different was it for you last year? It's like uh, going out to empty stadiums, like drinking a flat soda. I mean, it's a, hey, it's soda. It's just, it's just not the same. So, you know, the fans have always and will always be the heartbeat of, of – Professional sports, that's what drives, you know, everybody. That, that's the energy behind everything. And and really, I think you know, last year was really a humbling experience for really everybody having to adapt to a new work environment, to new playing environments, and, and having to, you know, work the best way you can. So really, I think people are, are really appreciative maybe to have it back, something, um, you know, they really missed for a long time. So I know we're excited to get out in front of fan, fans and play again, and I know they're ready to get back out there and – and cheer. Lane, a couple more for you. First, uh, some additions. Lane, uh, we've got a new head coach, Nick Sirianni. What is he like addressing the team? What kind of message has he been delivering to you? He preaches a lot about uh, accountability. And one thing I like about him is, uh, you know, after practice, um, he puts, you know, players that may not be hustling or making a mistake. I know I was on there uh, this morning, which, hey, I kind of like that. I mean, um, I think that sends a message from the top down. Um, players, uh, knowing, knowing their assignments and, and having hustle, and, and and he's really about connecting with, with with each other. He's real big on, you know, starting meetings with, uh, um, you know, may not have the player's face. He'll be like, guess, you know, he did this so and so back in high school. He was a part of this. So really, he's big on relationships with, with his players, um, treating them like a family. And I think with that, you just amplify your team and and you keep uh, progressing. It's a modified program in the offseason. Offensive linemen require reps, right? You guys have to dance all year long. Any concern at all league-wide that offensive lines will be behind the curve because you're just not getting as many reps in the spring? 
Uh, yeah, but you know, I'm, we're lucky to have the time that we do have. Uh, we, we've been doing the virtual meetings, um, which is good for, you know, learning the offense, but it's another thing to go out there and run them and, and get, you know, live action on your hands. So a lot of it's walk through tempo, but really right now we're trying to learn the offense, learn the play. So when we get to training camp, we can, we can really put the, the foot on the gas pedal. Our last uh, topic here, Lane, is Ryan Kerrigan. Through the years, I've talked to you about Ryan, the matchup you guys have had. It's been a great battle. Now that he's a Philadelphia Eagle, I mean, what makes him such a good football player? And what was your relationship like on and off the field with him prior to him becoming an Eagle? Yeah, uh, on the field, he, ne he, he never said nothing. Uh, uh, and that's one thing, you know, he's just a classy guy. I think one thing when you watch him play is that he really, I mean, he's, he's full of energy and he's just relentless. So guys that may get tired or, or may give up on a play, he's going to expose you. And that's one thing I've learned, you know, playing him throughout my career. And, and like I was saying earlier, I was surprised Washington let him go. He's knocking on the door of 100 career sacks. Um, you know, he's coming here. He's, he's on the second half of his career, you know, kind of the same boat. He's getting on his, you know, his 30s. You know, does he have enough left in the tank? So I feel like it's a perfect blend of, you know, getting guys like him in, a veteran leadership, and then the, the young Bulls ready to, to take it to another level. Does adding somebody like that really make an impact in the locker room in the NFL? Yes, yes. Guys like that, uh, BG, I mean, they can teach a young player a lot of stuff. Maybe even a coach, can't, you know, because coaches, uh, I mean, they have a lot on their plate. So this is it's another way for to get younger guys uh, developed, to give them confidence and to really grow them as, as, as professionals. And last one, I know it's early, but do you actually look forward to working against Ryan in training camp and pushing each other? Hey, iron sharpens iron. I know I'll be going against BG, him, Sweat, um, uh, Barnett. So, yeah, I mean, you can never get enough good work. I mean, when, when you go against guys of that caliber, you know, sometimes you get in the game and you're, and you're thankful because maybe you're not seeing the, the same type of level of player that, that they are. So. Um, you know, I've had guys like that throughout my career, and I think it's only helped me, so I'm, I'm glad to have them. Finally, Lane, describe your golf game. Are you big off the tee? Are you good around the green? I mean, what are you going to work uh, on here when, when this is over and you've got a little break before camp? I'm not very good at driving the ball. I usually slice it right. I'm getting a lot better at, you know, 150, 160-yard shots and I'm getting good at those, and I'm getting better at putting. But drivers, nowhere uh, good enough to where it needs to be, but I'm, I'm progressing. Uh, if I can just get my driver down, then then I'll be uh, I'll be good. We all have complaints about our golf game. Lane Johnson, thanks so much for joining me. Best of luck the rest of this off-season program. Running back Miles Sanders enters his third season with the Eagles. Big playability, and he certainly wants to be out there for all 17 games this season. Eagles have a new look in the running back room, and we've always wondered why don't they give the ball more to Miles Sanders? Well, maybe. This will be the season. A little bit different offensive look, different philosophy. Miles Sanders ready to go in year three. Miles Sanders, Eagles running back, is ready for a 17-game season. Miles, I'd like to start with this little anecdote. I remember two years ago, you were a rookie. You and JJ got into a bus, and we went back and forth from like Chickies and Pete's to the stadium. Yep, we yep. met some fans. And I, and I wonder, in, the, in those two years, if you could go back and talk to that Miles Sanders, now that you've learned the ways of the NFL, what would you tell yourself? Focus on your body more. Focus on taking your body, taking care of your body more, you know, when you leave the building, uh, even on bye weeks, weekends, you know, any off day, 
during the season is not a true off day. And I'm pretty sure any vet vet knows that. Which means what? Like, watch what you eat, make sure you yeah, exercise? Yeah, still make sure you're still I, – I, you know, I mean, everybody's going to eat and, you know, make sure they're eating well. But I say off days, do something to get you better. You know, work on something. Don't just eat right or recovery. You're supposed to recover and stuff all every day. So how have you changed from, from then until now? Have you eliminated – like when you came into the NFL, were there foods, certain foods that you really love that you've just eliminated or workouts that you've done now that you had never done in your life? Yeah, I've definitely I'm, – I'm a, I'm a guilty person for eating fast food, you know, from college to for my rookie year, just eating fast. I, I don't eat fast food. Don't eat chips. Like I stay off of junk food, all that type of stuff. Um, and just far as taking care of your body, um, I know every every off day this this season, I will be in the building doing something. I know that Miles, that you're a big NFL fan. You've always been a big f- football fan. And I'm looking at the list of 2,000 yard rushers, wondering in the NFL, if, like if there's a, a record that's going to be broken with 17 games, why not most rushing yards in a season? And the names are O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Derrick Henry in 2020. In your opinion, who's the greatest running back in the history of the NFL? Uh, Barry Sanders. Why? Tell me why. The last name. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Uh, out of all the running backs, I mean, he's definitely the smallest, but he he breaks Every tackle that, you know what I'm saying, every person that tries to tackle him does not tackle him, you know. He has to get tackled by, like, five people. And I just, his his breaking tackle ability is better than any running back in, in the NFL, I believe. Miles, you've talked about eye discipline. And I'm not sure what fans really know, understand what that means. Like, wh- when you have the football, where are you supposed to be looking? And when you don't have eye discipline, where do your eyes go? So, you know, um... So, for a basic like inside zone play, your po- our read is you know you got our steps and then you're reading the front side backer and that's the first linebacker to the play side that you're running to and then you got the backside linebacker uh, that's like on the opposite side of the, the center. So my job is to read that linebacker. If he's flaring out, then I, I, I go straight in. And if he hit the gap, then Sometimes it's not out there. You just got to stick it in there. Or if it is out there, it, you know say go the opposite where the linebacker's going. But uh, a lot of stuff is going on, too. Um, you know, you got the line, you got the O-line in front of you while you're watching a second-level defender. Um, and, you know, your O-line can get blown up in the backfield or miss block or, um, you know, anything can happen. It can throw you off your track. And as soon as – your eyes, you know, look at something else. Then you look back and you don't know what's going on. And then next thing you know, it's a negative yard gain, negative two yard gain, or a zero yard gain, or a three yard three yard gain. And it should have been twenty or forty. You know, it's stuff like that. So, how important is the statistic um, negative plays to you? How eliminating negative runs is that like as a running back a huge very important statistic it's not just important to me as a running back I, it's important to me uh, for offense you know I don't want to be the reason to give my offense negative yards okay uh miles l- let's talk about this offense and what you know about it we're early with what Nick and with Shane are putting together 
Um, what do you think of it so far, and is it a big difference from what you're used to? Uh, no, not a big difference at all. Um, I like how he, he wants to use the running backs in the passing game, not just in the backfield and slot empty, you know, uh, number one, number two, stuff like that. Just trying to use his athletes. He's, he's seeing the athletes he has, and, and he's using us to, to our strength. And we have a lot of speed in the receiver position. Uh, and uh, I just like I just like how everything is. The, the offense is similar to last year, just different meanings and more of a, you know, I don't want to say too much on here. <laughs> sure, sure. I know. You're not, you're not giving away secrets. I don't want to get in trouble, sure. but uh, I, I love the offense. Um, it's a little sim uh, simpler, too, but uh, overall, uh, everything marinates with each other, and I think we will have a lot of touchdowns this year. I like that. Uh, as you look around the running backs room, um, what do you see? I see a uh, starting running. I see a running back that can start anywhere in this league that brings something different to this to this table. It's a good group, right? Carrie. Now, are you and Carry On were you friends before? No, nah, I, I, I didn't know him. I, uh, Jason Huntley did. Jason right, was at Detroit be, uh, before he came here, but no, nah, he's a cool dude. Um, everybody's cool, you know. We we look out for each other, but um, out there competing, you know. Um, it's gonna get real when 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 I think July come whenever camp start July September or August, um, and I just can't wait to see us you know really competing and getting us getting each other better. Last one for you, Miles. I mean, honestly, like you sound like a veteran. Um, Thank you. You thank you. Do, do you do you feel like a veteran? Uh, no, I ain't gonna say, I ain't gonna say. If I did, I wouldn't even say no. But <laughs> uh, I, I heard you're low key a veteran. No, I like After it. After three, four years, but um, nah. Um, but I mean, do you feel like you've seen it all in 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 two years? Like you've nah, seen no, nah, I'm lot still of learning, going... and I'm still willing to learn. Um, I mean, I will be a vet eventually, but um, I don't know. Uh, Why is a veteran a bad thing? No, no, no. Um, I'm just saying, like, you know, to other players, you might not look like a vet. You know. I see what you're saying. So like. Uh, what I, all I do is I just continue to come in and work hard, um, you know, so. Is it still, it's obviously still fun for you, right? Yes, absolutely. Every bit I of it? We'll be here. It's great stuff. Great fun around the building. Miles Sanders, thanks so much for joining me. And enjoy the rest of your off-season program here, and we'll see you in training camp. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And that will do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Insider Dave Spadaro with you. If you have a moment to give us a little review, we've got a – Link in your detail section of the podcast library. We love five-star reviews. It really helps us get our players and our coaches and our owner and general manager, everybody on board with what we're doing. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Trevor Hayes, Ray Doyle for their work. And thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. Dave Spadaro with you. Until next time, have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Welcome to Season 2 of Return Game, Birds, Boys, and Bad Blood. Presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation and hosted by me, Rob Ellis, and Derek Gunn. When it comes to the birds and the boys, you think you know the whole story. But there's more, so much more, and we're about to uncover it all. It didn't take long to figure out that Philadelphia Eagles fans hated the Dallas Cowboys. Return game, birds, boys, and bad blood. Subscribe now so you don't miss a minute of the action.